Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is a tax update from our wealth management area. And for this helpful discussion, I am thankful to be joined remotely today by Shane Small, Vice President and Senior Wealth Advisor in First United's Wealth Management Department. Shane, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, Eric. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing very well. How's your summer treating you so far? Summer summer has been good. Uh, we've we've had some humidity down in this area, and and it's uh, getting getting warmer by the day. So. Yeah, yeah. Have you gotten to to take take a break and go somewhere with the family? We did uh, actually. My wife and I just got back about uh, two weeks ago from a uh, week long cruise that we went on. Oh, so nice. It was nice to get away and and uh, but good to be home and back with the kids and everything. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Shane, this is your first time on the podcast. So why don't we start off by just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Uh, when did you get started at First United? Um, what, you know, what areas have you worked in? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically born and raised in South Central Pennsylvania uh, and have kind of worked most of my professional career in the uh, Maryland market. Um, basically been in trust and investment for roughly about 20 years at this point. Started my banking career on the uh, the insurance side and, and quickly moved over to, to trust investment um, and, and have been doing it ever since. So enjoy helping, you know, individuals plan for their future and try to take care of, you know, wealth and, and kind of plans after afterlife. So uh, it's it's been a good fit and I enjoy doing it. That's awesome. Well, so the topic that we're talking about today, you know, we're, we're at basically the half, half year mark, uh, for the, for this year. And so it's a good time to kind of take a look at taxes and, and, uh, review those and, and kind of make sure you're on the right track. So we thought it'd be a good conversation to have with someone like yourself to talk about what's going on in the world of taxes and give us a little update. So can you tell us a little bit more about kind of some of the, some of the heavy hitter things like let's talk, uh, let's start off maybe talking about, um, you know, retirement accounts and, and RMDs. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So basically through the process, what we do a lot of times with our clients and customers is, is reach out and, and try to develop a, a professional team. So a lot of times we're dealing with an individual's attorney, an individual CPA or, or accountant. You know, we, we aren't uh, tax professionals at the bank, but mm-hmm. we deal with the taxation and especially on the retirement plans. So what we've seen over the recent years, uh, a lot of which coming from the SECURE Acts, uh, which were created during COVID and, and post-COVID, you know, we, we talk about RMDs and a lot of people say, well, what, what's an RMD? And, well, it's a uh, required minimum distribution from a, a traditional IRA or traditional retirement plan. And basically, it's the IRS's way of starting to be able to tax untaxed money. So so with the RMDs for years prior to the SECURE Act, the RMD age was 70 and a half when someone was required to start taking it. 
Well, with current legislation in Secure 2, they've actually upped that to age 73 as long as you're not already grandfathered in the old structure. And then ultimately, within the Secure 2 Act language in, in 2033, the RMD age actually extends to 75. Oh, my goodness. So, so what, it, what it's actually doing is it's, it's spanning time where an individual, if they don't need to take retirement income from those accounts, that they can actually defer it, you know, through a couple additional years. Hmm. Okay. I, I, so they're 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 basically pushing it back. Uh, I, I, God willing, would be in that position to not have to take the money <laughs> uh, that early. But so that that's a benefit to the individuals. Uh, you, you you said it like as if it's a, a reason for them to to kind of tax the money that hasn't been taxed, and they're pushing it back. Mm-hmm. That seems counterintuitive to what the government would typically do. Well, it, it does, and, and then that's when it gets into some of the changes as far as inheriting those accounts. So so what ends up happening is an individual, so it's a little different in a spousal situation. Uh, the husband and wife can still inherit each other's retirement accounts as their own, which then would go off of their cycle. Uh, but ultimately, if, if you're inheriting and it's a non-spouse inheritance, the IRS is Basically, now at this point, having that individual who inherits it take that money out over the next 10-year term. Mm. So so basically what it's doing is it's deferring the taxation for the original owner, but it could institute taxation for the person who's inheriting that IRA. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So what other changes have we seen over the last few years and, and with the SECURE Act updates? Sure. I mean, I I think ultimately from an IRS standpoint, you you see a lot of, you know, the standard uh, increases based on uh, standard deductions, you know, based on income brackets. Usually there's a little bit of a cost of living adjustment or inflation adjustment in those. So we've seen most of those. You know, one of the ones that we deal with from the investment perspective a lot of time is capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I have an individual, whether it's a current client or a prospect that comes in during a meeting, they have a lot of concerns over capital gains, you know, and and there's a lot of misnomers out there. You know, basically with capital gains on on the long-term perspective, it's, it's a separately taxed tax. And it's going to be based off of income. So theoretically, in, in 2023, you know, joint owners, a joint return filer, husband and wife, they could make almost $90,000 in income household per year, and they may see a zero capital gains rate. So they may have no capital gains exposure. But a lot of individuals, when they come in, they hear the 15 or the 20% rate, and they assume that everyone has that rate. So basically, to get into a 20% rate in 2023, a single individual would have to have earned income of about $492,000 in a year. Hmm. So a lot of times, the capital gains exposure is not as great as that individual coming in believes that it could be. 
Gotcha. So, so that's usually a good conversation. So capital gains, I, I guess I was thinking of it like I bought stock and I sold it or I bought a house mm-hmm. and I sold it. Uh, you were talking in terms of overall net income or gross income. Is that so it just adds right. to your so, total? Right. So so think of the long term capital gains. Say you, you said, you know, ABC company, we buy their stock and, and we end up purchasing it at, at ten dollars. And we hold that stock for two years. Well, once we sell that stock, say it's worth 20. Well, if you and I's individual tax rate and we file individually, let's say our uh, our income for the household is possibly $40,000. Well, at the $40,000 taxable household income, we would have no capital gains tax due on that pro- those proceeds. So that extra 10 bucks doesn't really matter because it didn't push us over some threshold. The threshold, right. So, you know, a, a lot of individuals, if, if their household income is in between, uh, if we're talking a joint filer, if we're talking anywhere between 90000 and, uh, let's see, about half a million dollars, you're, you're looking at about 15% long-term capital gains rate. Mm. So. You know, the the one thing that I always say is no one likes to pay taxes, but it's a positive tax because it's only taxed on earnings. Right. So, uh, you know, it's not as big an issue a lot of times when we when we sit down and talk to the client. Are there any exceptions to it? Like if you buy a house and flip it within a month or, you know, buy and sell something in a shorter period of time? With the shorter period of time. So any of the short term gains inside of one year is actually all income out to you. So it would fall under where your income bracket would be and then be taxed as income. So anything inside of a year is taxed as income. Long-term capital gains outside of a year is taxed other than income at the long-term or the capital gains tax rates. Interesting. Okay, great. Um, The one one um, exception still with the IRS in that purpose is the personal residence. So if you own the home that you reside in, and I believe the threshold is still two out of the last five years, then capital gains up to $250,000 on that individual home are not taxed at any level. Gotcha. So how do these conversations, so when when you're working with a customer and they come in for the first time and they're giving you all this information, like what... What's the roadmap for you and when you're talking with them so that they can feel at 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 peace with what they're what they're trying to do with their income? Like, how do you how do you walk through all of these things? Because it, it can be overwhelming. I mean, just just talking through the capital gains part is it's a lot to take in for somebody that doesn't deal with it very often. It is. It is. I mean, usually most most of the you know, the what what some individuals call a fact finding meeting or, you know, an introduction meeting. A lot of it is just gaining information, not only one, the prospect being able to feel comfortable with with myself as the advisor or the advisor they're sitting across from, but ultimately, too, my, my stance as the advisor is trying to obtain as much information from them to figure out what their result or what their end road is. Mm-hmm. So... So theoretically, it's it's a lot of question asking. It's a lot of background from the prospect. And the more comfort that they have giving that information, 
the more information that's received and, and really the, the better map that can be produced from that. Gotcha. So, I mean, theoretically, you know, it's, it's me asking, you know, some general questions, but then it's a lot of intake and a lot of participation from the individual, you know, looking, looking for the guidance. Right. Right. And that, so, so essentially you always start at the end. You're, you're focused on retirement planning almost exclusively. Well, yeah, I mean, no, not usually. Okay. Um, right. You know, we, we do we do investment planning. Uh, we, we are still doing, you know, even startup IRA accounts mm. uh, for younger individuals. Uh, we are we are doing, you know, helping in the estate planning process and, mm-hmm. and serving as trustee executor and, you know, even financial power of attorney at this point. So the retirement planning piece is where we've seen some of the changes in all the secure acts that we've seen, oh, okay. you know, it, it's, it's funny, a lot of the legislation, it's not specific or one piece legislation anymore. It's, you know, thousands of pages of documents and, and slipped into the secure act, which was to be a COVID relief act. We have a increase in RMD age. So it it's it's a lot of times trying to piece yeah mm-hmm. piece out together what the changes are and you know which which piece of legislation got added to which other piece of legislation so. right right so do you have any tips or best practices something that we could give to our listeners as helping them thinking thinking in terms of retirement planning preparing for managing income versus taxes, tax burden, you know, what, what does that look like? And what, what, you know, couple tips could you give uh, for them to be thinking about? Well, I I think ultimately they, they have to find an advisor and an advisor team. And, And when I say advisor, you know, like I said earlier, we are not tax professionals. We do not prepare taxes. So Usually, we're one of the the team members for the client. You know, one being an attorney uh, to possibly have to write, you know, some estate docs. You have a CPA that handles filing the taxes and and helps us with questions and tax concern. And then you have us sitting as not only a fiduciary uh, but ultimately, you know, a financial advisor. So we can help walk them through the reasons why it might be beneficial to have both retirement money and non-retirement money invested during retirement. Because then at that point, maybe we can do a income reduction would help them as reducing their taxable income, but would still provide them the resources, you know, to live on. So, uh, you know, we we're all uh, hopefully knock on wood living longer at this point and, you know, retirement has, has become a much longer window where we have to do some financial planning for. Right. Right. So before we wrap up, Shane, uh, any final, any final thoughts, uh, on this topic of tax updates, retirement planning, capital gains, whatever do you have? Is there any, any last thoughts you want to leave with, uh, with our listeners? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing from a, a tax update standpoint is understand that things change. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, a lot of us, we, we write a will, you know, and once we get that will done, we think, okay, this document may never change. But, you know, unfortunately, names can change in documents uh, and, and tax law changes. So mm-hmm. 
you know, the recommendation is is to find someone, you know, that that either the listener, the prospect or the client can trust and and bounce questions off of, you know, from a regular basis, because, you know, if if it changes and, and the uh, listener doesn't hear it, you know, you're you're hoping one of the professionals that I've referred to, you know, earlier has and and yeah. can make the changes accordingly in in somebody's financial plan. So I guess I guess the biggest thing wrapping up is change is inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> we we just have to stay up with it. So. Yeah, yeah. Keeping keeping an eye on on things and not letting it slip by, and then right. when it becomes an issue having to pick up the pieces. If you're, if you're keeping an eye on things, it, it uh, tends to, to work out better when, when you need it. Right. Absolutely. Good deal. Uh, so last thing I wanted to mention is that, uh, you know, uh, I've, we've had several of these episodes where we, we've talked with someone from the wealth management area. And this year is a particularly special year in that uh, the wealth management area of First United is celebrating its 60th anniversary uh, we like to say that's a that's a lot of experience and knowledge right here in our neighborhood in uh, in Maryland and West Virginia. Do you have any any thoughts about about that? It's just it's it's such a mind blowing thing to think that 60 years of of being in business and helping people with topics like this. Uh, it's it's satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're definitely excited being our 60th anniversary this year. You know, we we have um, uh, quite a a region for for a regional bank. So you have you know everyone down in the east region, down towards Frederick, Maryland, and Hagerstown, Maryland, to our central region, which includes you know Deep Creek and Oakland, and and our west region out as far as you know Morgantown and and farther. So you know it, it's uh, it's great to have a team where we have so much experience on it. You know we have team members with over forty years experience still with the department. Yeah. You don't hear of that very often anymore, but it's a, it's, it's a great fit. It's, it's a, it's a great team and and we're excited about the 60 year anniversary. Absolutely. It's a great resource that, that people should really take advantage of and, and reach out to and and talk with just, you know, everyone has, uh, you know, everyone is dealing with money on some level. So working with, with an expert team like this can, can really benefit you in the long run. So Shane, thank you so much for joining us today and providing all these helpful insights, talking about taxes and and that sort of thing. Um, if anyone you know was listening and they came across a, you said something that piqued their interest. Maybe they have a question, or maybe they need help with with some of these topics. Um, what's the best way they can get the support they need? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we have we have team members throughout all of our regions. So easiest way would be to go to uh, mybank.com slash wealth. And you can see the entire team of, of wealth professionals. Uh, I, I believe all you know phone numbers and, and email addresses are there. Um, if, if anyone has any immediate questions or, or that I can help with in any way, you know, anybody can give me a call at my, my office, which is 301-393-3930. And all I ask is that they mention, you know, it, it comes from the podcast here. So, uh, and then I could reach back out with and try to answer any questions. But other than that, the, uh, the wealth page on, on the website for the bank is, is probably the best resource for someone. Shane Small, Vice President and Senior Wealth Advisor. Thanks again for joining me today. 
Oh, thank you, Eric. Have a great day. You too. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. We thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.